This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Taking a look at the issues surrounding the health and well-being of our LGBTIQ communities, this is Well, 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 brought to you by the team from Thorn Harbour Health on Joy and the Community Radio Network. You are listening to Well, 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 and here on Well, 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 we delve into the issues impacting and surrounding the health and well-being of our gender, sex, and sexually diverse communities. Coming to you from Joy's Victorian Pride Centre studios on Boon Wurrung Country, I'm your host, Cal Hawk, joined this week by Jacinta Hennigan. Hey, Jacinta, how are you? It is great. It's a you and me show. It hasn't been one for a while. No, it's the first time we've been back in the studio together for quite a while. Yeah, like we had a couple of team ones when we got together for end of year and stuff like that, and usually you and I kind of die into some of like the heavy hitting <laughs> we do so but but for listeners before they're like oh no these guys are going to be talking about <laughs> something super serious and grave N- look it's a pretty light week but yeah. there's been a ton happening it's been so busy there's been a lot happening in community and it's really exciting to be able to talk about national volunteer week which yep. is this week 15th to the 21st of may and, you know, the theme is change makers, and there's definitely a lot of change makers in our community who are really stepping up and getting involved, um, really coming to the forefront of, you know, it's been a tough time in community, but it's also been a real time of solidarity and of care and community support for one another. So, and, yeah. you know, look, one of the things that, uh, you know, happened and it actually happened earlier tonight um, is the love event. So the LGBTIQ organizational volunteers event, which recognizes and I think the, the word that always comes to mind when I think about volunteers in our community is lifeblood. And I love that word because I just think it's it, bang on. It is what ha- has kept things pumping along, whether that was, you know, the early years of Thorn Harbor Health as a Victorian AIDS Council. There have always been way more volunteers and still to this day, you mm. know, there are, I think, like five times as many volunteers as there are for every staff member and a lot a lot of folks miss that but uh, you know everybody that volunteers at switchboard transgender victoria through to midsummer and mqff and of course joy runs on predominantly (laughs) hundreds of volunteers as opposed to you know the very limited crew that kind of are paid staff so to speak Um, so volunteers are incredible and have an incredible legacy and really looking forward to diving into that this week we will be talking to the volunteer coordinator at Thorn Harbor Health, Daniel Bryan, who's no stranger to Well, Well, Well. But Daniel's going to join us to deep dive into what is involved in volunteering and other exciting things happening in the volunteering space, because of course it is National Volunteer Week. Stay with us. You're listening to Well, Well, Well here on Joy and Community Radio Network. Keen to keep the conversation going about health and well-being? For more episodes of Well, 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 head to the Joy website, joy.org.au forward slash well, well, well. You're listening to Well, Well, Well here on Joy in the Community Radio Network. I'm Cal Hawk, joined by my co-host Jacinta Hanicum, and now joining us, no stranger to the show, welcome back from Thorn Harbor Health, Daniel Bryan. How are you? Hey, good, thanks. Thanks, Cal. Thanks, Jacinta. Well, look, Daniel, it is National Volunteer Week, the 15th through the 21st of May, and we're asking you to come on because, you know, you, you have a thing to do with volunteers <laughs> at Thorn Harbor, as I understand it. 
Just a little bit. Just a so, little bit. Tell us, tell us what you do. <laughs> so I'm the volunteer and student coordinator for Thorn Harbour. So it means I manage the program that supports volunteer engagement across the organisation. So look after those crucial elements such as recruitment, training, uh, recognition, uh, and support the volunteer managers um, who look after our volunteers as well. And I'm lucky enough to manage a group of volunteers myself in an ad administration team and also uh, our amazing uh, coffee cart project as well. Now, you have been involved with Thorn Harbour in, in kind of varying capacities over the years, but how did you come to your role as a volunteer coordinator? So uh, this is a really good question because I know whenever I uh, catch up with other volunteer coordinators, we love sharing our origin stories um, because no one just kind of, uh, we all just arrive as a volunteer coordinator. It's never the same pathway. Um, but for me, uh, I worked in corporate for many years uh, and then decided to leave and work for not-for-profits. And I had the joy of working with volunteers um, in the op shop community with St. Vincent de Paul. Uh, and I developed a really strong appreciation for volunteering um, in that space and managed a, a big group of 100 volunteers managing the centre that I belong to. Uh, and at that time, I was a volunteer with Thorn Harbour uh, and then started uh, when we opened um, uh, Pronto, a rapid testing clinic, and that was my first paid position with the organisation. Uh, and from there, realised that I really wanted to work with volunteers in the organisation. Uh, and then so I did a few fill-in gigs for the volunteer coordinator uh, and then took on the role, I'm going to forget how many years ago, about seven or eight years ago. Wow. Now, you mentioned 100 volunteers when you were at the, kind of doing the op shop gig, but I, I would fancy a guess that you're probably working with a few more at Thorn Harbour. Well, I thought that was big at the time, and our, our store certainly celebrated uh, that. But yeah, absolutely, for Thorn Harbour, I mean, I think it's very well known. We've got a large group of dedicated volunteers, and we have a, a varying range of volunteers. So some will join us for that special event once a year, whether it be Northside Bazaar or especially World AIDS Day. But we have also volunteers in our more formal volunteering um, who do that week in, week out um, dedication to the organisation as well. So we can surge really quickly at Thorn Harbour uh, and it's not unheard of to have a thousand plus volunteers on the books at any one time. A wow. thousand plus? Mm. <gasps> I yeah. knew it was a lot, but I didn't know it was that many. Yeah, so it's wow. a lot to manage. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> with that in mind, is there something particular that draws you to working with volunteers? Because that's a big piece of work to tackle. Yeah, I think, um, look, coming from working at St. Vincent de Paul and, you know, being really inspired by the work that was done there, I think for me, um, you know, within community, there's something even more special about that. So uh, Thorn Harbour is in a really unique position in the sense that we have volunteering in our DNA and we still do have volunteers directly delivering service to our clients. So whether that be uh, our community support program, whether it be through the many and varied services at the Positive Living Centre, we still have volunteers working with our clients, but we also over that time have developed a really big um, event um, portfolio of volunteers who can help um, with the, the many uh, different events that we put on at Thorn Harbour. So yeah, in that sense, it's it always a really dynamic area to work in. You know, we've talked about on the show, and of course, as you're well aware, this year at Thorn Harbor celebrating its 40th anniversary, but volunteers, as I understand it, I mean, really, the organization started with just volunteers. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think um, that's why I mentioned it being in our DNA. It was really a response um, to HIV and volunteers were at the forefront there. They were at every 
um, level in the organisation in every role and whether that be support HIV or obviously the great work done in our health promotion area. Uh, so, you know, volunteers were really driving the response and that's because they were, you know, potentially the affected members or community members who may be impacted by HIV. Um, and there was a really big rallying call and that was obviously on the back of a lot of work that was already happening with gay liberation um, before HIV hit our shores. And having so many volunteers at Thorn Harbour Health, are there ways that you support other smaller organisations that might be connected in various ways or also part of LGBTIQ plus and PLHIV communities? I think that's a really good point and it's probably one of the nicest parts of my job is being able to um, if you're not, if you like, not silo our volunteers, but actually share them amongst the community because we're very privileged at Thorn Harbour to have such a great volunteer program and to be able to resource that. Um, but we know that not every organisation or every community group's the same. So you'll often see our volunteers helping out at sporting events within the LGBTI community. Um, we may happen to sponsor some of those groups or otherwise it'll be in-kind donations of our volunteer support. The many community organisations, um, Melbourne Gay and Lesbian Chorus, also Melbourne Rainbow Band. Uh, and it's really important because for some of those organisations, it might be the one time of the year where it's their fundraiser event. So we can make sure they've got those really valuable funds to continue throughout the year. Uh, and there's also just, you know, new events that are popping up regionally um, all the time. And so it's really nice for us to be able to lend our um, volunteer support. And it may be event support or it may be a, a particular function or specialty um, that they need assistance with. And we've definitely got that within our volunteers. Daniel, when we're talking about volunteers for Thorn Harbor and I guess some of these community organizations more broadly, are these LGBTIQ community members themselves or are these allies? Yeah, so I have to remind myself sometimes because I know the focus a lot of our um, work now is within LGBTI communities. But I think one thing that I'm always reminded of is in our response to HIV, although it was potentially a lot of um, gay and bisexual or men who have sex with men who were volunteers answering that rallying call, we also had really strong support from our allies. Um, and that was there from day one. And I was reminded of that when we were responding to marriage equality. We did have um, some volunteers volunteers who maybe for whatever reason it was a very um, tumultuous time um, a lot of people had skin in the game and what I noticed uh, when that was happening is we had a lot of our allies um, really rising to the top and supporting our community as well so I would say the majority of our volunteers are LGBTI community members um, but absolutely allies are still vital to the work that we do and we uh, certainly don't um, uh, um, uh, not accept volunteers from different areas. So we have uh, a big diverse pool of volunteers with many different motivations for wanting to volunteer for our particular organization. I think I remember I, I've heard stories before of people that also got involved with us in that early response to HIV because, you know, part of it too was that so many gay men, you know, were becoming unwell at the height of the epidemic that there were folks that are mm. going, look, they, you know, it's got to be other populations and other people to step in because yeah, there's yeah, there was just so many people that were becoming unwell and we saw, you know, people that I guess I've heard before from kind of former members or former volunteers around that they felt personally connected. Um, and do we still sort of see the echo of that influence today? Yeah, absolutely. And look, we've had some really great stories about um, the family members from people who have passed coming, you know, who maybe volunteered previously and coming back to the organisation. So for them, that connection um, was really important. Uh, and I think although we, you know, we certainly know the horror stories of people being isolated um, from their families, 
um, when uh, contracting HIV or dying of AIDS. Um, but there was family members, whether it be sisters, aunties, um, brothers, um, really coming to the fore and volunteering as part of our community as well. Uh, and we still see that now, whether it be about, um, you know, um, trans volunteers and their parents or aunties and uncles volunteering with us. And I think that's really inspiring today as well. And what kind of roles do people do at Thorn Harbour Health? Because obviously there's quite a lot going on, um, I guess, beyond, you know, the, the fundraising and the other kind of like call out to events, um, the big events like World AIDS Day. What are people doing day to day as volunteers? Yeah, so I mean, I certainly think one of the draw cards for volunteers joining our organisation is hopefully amongst all of the work that we do, we've got a volunteer role that can suit everyone. So we do have, as I mentioned before, volunteers um, working with our clients. So that's in our community support team, supporting people living with HIV. It may be uh, in a, a structured sense with medical transport. It may be social support as well. Um, and we're lucky enough to have a great centre for people living with HIV down in South Yarra on Commercial Road. And we have probably the largest amount of volunteers assisting um, uh, in the delivery of services there as well and just keeping a really you know, big site open as well. Um, and also we have those more traditional roles of uh, reception, uh, administration support happening because obviously we've got um, sites throughout um, Victoria, um, out in Bendigo as well, and um, we operate our volunteering program over in South Australia as well. So many and varied, um, including events, but also then the more formal uh, week to week and we have you know great initiatives like the barista program as well that we have at our head office and also now back at the positive living center as well um just more to jump traditionally in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just to jump in because i feel like people will be me. listening to this and thinking barista program what is that about can you tell us how um, that happened and how it functions I'm happy to do it, Spruik. So we're lucky enough to have one barista program, but now two coffee carts that mm. operate. And it's more like a social venture. So we have volunteers come in for shifts. Um, we sponsor our volunteers to go and do a formal certificate course um, in baristering. We've even had uh, a long-term volunteer go off and do the latte art program and is sharing that with uh, lots of the other volunteers. And, and this appeals to lots of different volunteers for different reasons. Some people may be looking at um, maybe on a disability pension getting a bit of structure back in their life and this provides that opportunity so we have a lot of clients accessing it. We also have a lot of international students um, who are looking to gain employment while they're in Melbourne uh, and so this is a, a really good way to be able to get commercial experience um, to be able to go um, and uh, when you go for an interview be able to show your skills and we've also got volunteers who just you know love everything to do with coffee so they're involved in it. It's a really great network of volunteers and not only do they um, you know help at our head offices but we go to events and it's another way that we can show our support for we're doing candlelight memorial this weekend oh, uh, yeah, so we'll course. be taking it along and we've got a couple of volunteers and because of the strength of the volunteer program we've even got you know volunteers who are living with hiv so we can dependent on the event and maybe have volunteers matching the event as well um, and it's a good opportunity when we're at events to also talk about the work that thorn harbour does while we're engaging you know producing a coffee for someone but while they're waiting we can have that by the way conversation so you know we talk about testing we talk about different aspects of uh, mpox um, and just the health of our community as well 
Well, I think that's that's such a clever, you know, cloak, you know, kind of a covert way to have a important discussion with folks because I think so many times, at least I found instances where my barista knows so much about me just because <laughs> in that little exchange in the process of making a coffee. So that is an awesome uh, initiative. And it's also a great opportunity, I think, for staff who are at head office and maybe because of their role, it you know, their um, area doesn't necessarily engage as many volunteers or they're not active in the events that we have, but it means they can connect with volunteers and the volunteers doing the Brista program normally are involved in other parts of the organisation. So sometimes the staff members are actually learning more about the organisation through the volunteer who's serving them the coffee, which is quite beautiful to watch actually. Oh, volunteers are so <laughs> powerful, that. and we yeah. are exploring it because it is National Volunteer Week. You are here with Jacinta and Cal, and we are still chatting to Daniel Bryan, who is the volunteer coordinator at Thorn Harbour Health. And we've just been hearing about some of the roles that people do as volunteers. Daniel, I wanted to ask, what is involved in actually becoming a volunteer? Could you take us through a bit of that process and those steps behind it? Yeah, look, so I suppose the nuts and bolts of it is there's no real one way to get involved with volunteering, but we do have a structure to help support people who might be interested. And so we put a lot of resources behind it and we have information sessions that we run every two or three months and we invite volunteers, prospective volunteers to come along to hear about the organisation. And um, a lot of people already do know of the work and that's why they're interested in volunteering. So whether they're a previous client or somebody who's aware of our services in the community, um, but we take that opportunity to explain a bit more about the organisation and we have volunteer managers um, uh, come along to explain the different ways that they engage volunteers and talk more about the role. So rather than just sending someone to the website, we kind of verbalise that, have a conversation. It's a good opportunity to meet volunteers before they join the organisation, have a chat and then volunteers will decide whether they take the next step to register as a volunteer and select the different roles they might be interested in. And then we go about supporting them through that process. So we obviously have a, uh, an induction and orientation process um, to go through all of those details. Um, for some roles, there might be a more formal interview process um, and we get people set up to be able to join. Um, we acknowledge that for some people, um, that process, uh, there may be uh, something that's not comfortable about coming along to an information session. So um, we can always facilitate that another way with a catch up with myself. And, you know, thanks to COVID, we've got these amazing technologies like Zoom. So we can have phone conversations, Zoom meetings um, or face-to-face -face meetings for people who'd prefer that if they need to bring a support person um, along as well. And Daniel, once they've navigated that process, are people assigned to just one role or do they take on multiple roles? How does it work? Yeah, so I think that's a really good part. Normally what I suggest to volunteers is highlight the roles you're interested in and some may be more um, you can easily move into and others might have a slight delay while we've got, you know, some changes happening. But we've got a really great event program for people who maybe don't know the role they're, you know, they're interested in. They can join our event volunteering so that they can attend forums, um, meetings and support those events and get a feel for the organisation, meet a few different people. Um, it might be people who are studying in a particular particular area so they might have attended um, anyway but they can do it through their volunteering 
Um, and then that way they might choose what volunteering role they might go into later on. Um, and we have volunteers start in one area and then move around the organisation and that's kind of really beautiful to watch as well. So you don't need to stay fixed in one location. And as a volunteer, that's exactly what I did. Started on the front desk, helping people with counselling appointments, um, but I really wanted to be over at the Positive Living Centre with my um, best friend who was working over there. So uh, we really encourage that now volunteers to move around. And it, it can be really taxing work, I imagine, as well, if you're doing, you know, weekly commitments or more frequent commitments. And I guess, why do people keep volunteering? What do they gain from volunteering? Like, what are some of the impacts you've heard about from the volunteers? Because I imagine you do get that feedback from time to time. Absolutely. And I think it's really crucial when we're looking at volunteering now, we know how the organisation benefits, but a really important piece of work is understanding why our volunteers volunteer and how we meet that need. So I know for a lot of our volunteers who may be from LGBTI or um, PLHIV communities, um, it's really the um, finding that sense of community through their volunteering. So there's a social aspect to volunteering, um, which I think a lot of people try and meet that need. But um, there might be other people who are doing it as a more short-term interaction with the organisation for professional development, building their resume. I mentioned um, students, um, and that's a really important group of people where we can, you know, for the short time that we have them, um, they can learn a lot. And um, as an organisation, we get a lot of benefit from that as well. Um, But I think just that sense of finding community. um, As LGBTI people, we're not born into our community. Uh, And so I think that's um, uh, what I see in a lot of our volunteers. I think that interaction as well, when you're talking about people that are kind of using volunteering as a way to connect with community, and we were talking about some of those earlier roles, and you're talking about, say, like international students. And I think that's a really important point, because I know I've heard that like within sporting communities sometimes, is that sometimes people join those communities because it's a way to connect with community without it being explicitly within just like the bar and club and pub scene or in the sort of like hookup culture of apps and stuff like that that can be really disenchanting way to interact with community absolutely and it's also a kind of there's a purpose behind the volunteering and then the rest of it becomes a by the way um so i think it's a really safe you know way to be able to engage and socialize within community and also to have a purpose and be supported in that as well so yeah we absolutely see that as well cal Mm. And in terms of purpose, why are volunteers so important to the type of work that we do? So, look, I think within community, um, we see it, but in particular at Thorn Harbour, um, it's really the peer-based nature of our work. And I think that's why we have so many volunteers coming to us, because they probably linked in at one time through one of our really important workshops, whether that be in peer education, which just continues to expand. Uh, and we have every um, community member, um, you know, in the workshops that we're running now, which is really great. Um, but also, um, historically, HIV prevention has been really important to the work of the organisation. It's been important to see that reflected back in the volunteers who are doing that work. So peers just like me, whether it be in an SOPV, you know, people being able to talk to someone who understands that experience without judgment, our volunteers are really trusted as well. Um, So the work that we do, whether it be uh, on apps in health promotion, um, but also in sex on premises venues uh, and also bars and clubs, that that work is really important, um, the peer-based nature of the work. And uh, that's always been the same for PLHIV as well. Daniel, you touched on, uh, you know, obviously SOPVs and being there in presence, but then you touched on apps as well. And 
I guess earlier on, you know, we've talked about things like COVID and how that's maybe taken, has that helped kind of expand the remit of volunteering opportunities with regard to online? Yeah, so I mean, we were already in the space, but I think it means now we can certainly engage with more people online as a program. Uh, it's not unusual for us to be in that space. But um, in particular, I want to talk about the messaging maybe around MPOX and everything else around COVID. Um, it meant that we could deliver messages to communities and be in the spaces that they're in. And I think that's the most vital part of the work that we do. Yeah, I think that mobilization around volunteers, I was so impressed. And, you know, look, even the chief health officer last year talked about, you know, that community mobilization, the way that we had those volunteers at the ready to go into action, things like the clinics and that kind of outreach stuff is remarkable and um, part of our I think success. We sent up a, a volunteer call center in two days. We set up in response to um, MPOX. And That's what was right. really great is the benefit that volunteers had, you know, when they were talking with people from community and uh, talking about being a volunteer, we actually saw a spike in volunteer numbers coming through as a result of people from community um, linking in with our volunteers over the phone. So, you know, online forms, of course, are much easier, but we were able to have that human connection. And we know that made all the difference with MPOX at the start um, uh, when there was a lot of confusion in the community and people needing to ask questions. Yeah, and it's, it's really incredible to see how quickly you can get you know, people involved in roles and, and really respond directly to community as well. It, it um, yeah, it's just amazing to watch the mobilisation happen literally before your eyes, you know, seeing something like a call centre set up within, it literally was 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's really special to see people involved in that and to be a part of, of a bigger, um, the bigger picture. It, it's something our community do really well, I think, yep. Yeah, and... You know, thinking about the bigger picture of your role, what is your favourite part of working with volunteers? Uh, Look, I think the um, thing I mentioned before is it's just a really dynamic area where it's always changing. You're always meeting new people. And I suppose I get to watch people's experience uh, and their connection with the organisation and the growth that happens as a result. Um, it's the reason I got into um, volunteering and also then becoming a volunteer coordinator and it meant a lot to me so I kind of get to see that lived out through volunteers as well Um, and I think that's just a really beautiful people to uh, something really beautiful to watch when people you know find themselves find community uh, and the good things that come of that so we know that engaging volunteers improves the health of volunteers and of course as an organization that's our mission to improve the health and well-being of our community members. So I suppose just by the very nature of having a volunteer program, we're living out the mission of the organisation as well. Look, and I, I th- certainly think it. Um, you've had some really lovely moments to, uh, to see the volunteers that you work really hard with, to see them recognised um, in things like, you know, the Victorian Pride Awards, which I think the Volunteer of the Year has on more than one occasion been a Thor- Harbour Health uh- volunteer, even if they volunteer <laughs> for other orgs as well. Yes, yeah. yeah, I think this uh, year you got to come up with, was it Colin Chrysler? And you got a little yeah, shout Colin. out. <laughs> Absolutely. And look, um, you know, um, there are, like you say, lots of volunteers who work across community, but, you know, 35 years of service for Colin Chrysler um, is just an extraordinary effort for one individual. Um, And it's nice to be able to stop and celebrate that. So whether that be National Volunteer Week this week, whether it be the Pride Awards that happen, part of GLOBE, it's really great. And this year we're celebrated milestones for our volunteers. And for me personally, it's been really great to see, you know, some of the volunteers celebrating 10 years. And that's, you know, roughly 
roughly aligns with my connection with the organisation um, uh, and my timeline and seeing that progression and seeing them still with the organisation 10 years after. But of course, there's many more volunteers celebrating 20, 25 and 30 years this year as well. It's a remarkable legacy. Look, Daniel Bryan, Volunteer Coordinator for Thorn Harbor Health, thank you so much. Is there anything finally that you're looking forward to in the next 12 months in the volunteer program that you'd like to you know, give a shout out to? Look, I think there's all, it's always changing. And I think what I um, noticed that we're going to focus on, which has been on the burner for a little bit, but COVID might have got on the way, um, is we really want to make it easier for our community members to be able to request volunteers from Thorn Harbour. And we've always wanted to set up our LGBTIQ volunteer hub. And so hopefully that will come to fruition fairly shortly. And you'll be seeing lots of different volunteers in different capacities across the community. Um, and we really hope people can link in with that and build that sense of community across our LGBTI orgs who really rely on volunteers. So we want to make that as easy as possible. So look out for that in the coming months. We do look forward to it. Thanks for joining us here on Well Well, Daniel. No worries. Happy National Volunteer Week, everyone. From HIV to COVID-19, STIs and everything in between, you're listening to Well 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 on Joy and the Community Radio Network. Time to wrap up another episode of Well, Well, Well. Thank you very much to our guests who joined us on tonight's show. It is always a pleasure finding out about what volunteers are doing in our communities. And links to information from tonight's show will be on the podcast page, which is joy.org.au slash wellwellwell. And you can also listen to all of our previous episodes as well. Share it with people, you know, tell them to have a listen and find out yeah. what we had a chat about. Yeah, if, we, if, we, if the Jacinta and Cal episode this week was too lighthearted for you, you can go back <laughs> to our really serious episodes. Um, yes. On all of the episodes of Well, Well, Well. Uh, yeah, joy.org.au slash well, well, well. Jacinta, thanks again for this week. Thank you very much for joining me, Cal. It was an absolute pleasure. All right. Well, until next time, look after yourself and those around you. You're listening to Well, Well, Well here on Joy. Thanks for listening to Well, 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 supported by Thorn Harbour Health on Joy and the Community Radio Network. For more LGBTIQ plus health and well-being and much more, check out Thorn Harbour on social media at Thorn Harbour or via the website thornharbour.org. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.